0: might finish, I don't know, we'll see. Um, maybe not. Um, we'll see, we might be able to finish our, I saw a sign, no you didn't. Uh, we'll see, we'll see if we can finish that up uh, today or not. Uh, if not, we'll finish it up probably next week. Uh, so go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 11, and we'll kind of reiterate a couple of things that we talked about the last time, and uh, then we'll get going. <clears throat> Uh, Romans chapter 11, verse 11. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall, God forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation is coming to the Gentiles, for to provoke them to jealousy. Now if the fall of them be the riches of the world, and the diminution of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office." If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh and might save some of them. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to study your word. Um, as we take a look at this this important information, may we uh, allow your word to be the final authority in all things that uh, we might be to the praise and honor glory, and glory of your grace. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> all right. So, one of the things we talked about last time is... Uh Uh-oh, that's fine. Uh, One of the things we talked about last time was um, why is it that Paul dealt with signs, right? Okay. Um, And we talked about his acts ministry. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. You're fine, you're fine. Um, We talked about Paul's acts ministry, right? And Romans chapter 11 here gives us really an outline of what's going on, right? We talked about the last time, um, he says, have they stumbled, talking about the nation of Israel, that they should fall, God forbid, when is it that they stumbled but didn't fall it was at the cross, uh, you have the Holy Spirit coming down in Acts chapter 2, uh, Acts, chapter, Acts chapter 7, you have the stoning of Stephen, right? And at that time, they actually failed. All right, and that's what Paul's dealing with here in Romans chapter 11. Have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather, through their fall, salvation is coming to the Gentiles. Right? So we know that in time past, God had set up the nation of Israel as his people. And he set up a, a, a division between his people and the Gentiles with that um, middle wall of partition, right? which happens to be circumcision. Uh, we go back to Ephesians chapter 2, and he talks about the fact that there's a difference between the circumcision and the uncircumcision. That's the difference back in the Old Testament, right? We get up here to the stone and the Stephen. What happens to this nation of Israel is they stumble, don't fall at the cross, but then they do actually fall in Acts chapter 7 with the stone and the Stephen. Now, the good thing about this is notice, but rather through their fall, salvation has come unto the Gentiles, right? So, what happens is, back here in the Old Testament scriptures, specifically dealing in the time past, in order for Gentiles to be saved, they had to go through that middle wall of partition and become part of the nation of Israel. Okay? That's how they would get saved. Salvation is of the Jews. No? Now, when we come here, now what God's going to do is say everybody's on the exact same playing field. Why? Notice. But rather, through their fall, salvation is coming to the Gentiles. Why? Notice that next word there is for, right? He's going to give you, here's the reason, here's the purpose, for, to provoke them. Well, who's the them in the context? Israel. Israel. He's provoking them to what? Jealousy. Jealousy. All right, so we talked about this last time. Why is it that God sent salvation to the Gentiles is so that he would say, you're jealous. That was the purpose of it, all right? So that's why he sends salvation to the Gentiles. Not just that, continue on. Down in verse 14, he's talking about, I, I magnify my office in verse 13. Verse 14, if by any means I may provoke to what? Emulation. So who's he's, who is it that he's provoking to emulation? Those that are what? Which are of My flesh. Well, what was his flesh? He was a gentile, right? Or a Jew, right? Mm -hmm. He was a Hebrew of the Hebrews, right? Mm -hmm. Pharisee. So he says, I'm wanting to provoke these people to what? Emulation. What's it mean to be provoked to emulation? I have defined All Alright, what you got? It has defined it as Desire or ambition to equal or surpass. Okay. So if you think about this, if you emulate somebody, you're acting like them, right? You're going to do things like they do. So what he's saying is, I'm going to come here and I'm going to bring salvation to the Gentiles to provoke these people to jealousy to come and emulate them. Right. So what he's saying is, Israel, you no longer have your status. You're down here. And it's really going to get under their skin, and they don't like it. And that's why when he says that word Gentiles, they go after it, right? We'll, we, we'll, we might be able to look at some of those things as we go through. But that's the whole issue with Paul's Acts ministry is he's what? He's provoking that nation of Israel to jealousy to say, you need to come to God now just like the Gentiles do. Now, if we could take a look at some of these things as we go down through here. Remember, last week in verse 25, he talks about, uh, notice in verse 25, Romans eleven twenty-five. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. So what's the mystery that he's talking about there? That the nation of Israel is going to be blind for a period of time. Right until the fullness of the Gentiles. We talked about that's not the times of the Gentiles, it's the fullness of the Gentiles. Uh, And if you remember last week, go back to to Acts chapter 13. So just kind of a reminder of, of what we went through last week to make sure that we're on the right page. Acts chapter 13, the very first thing that Paul does when he and Barnabas is separated for a work Notice in Acts 13, 2, talking about Paul and those there um, at Antioch and Barnabas and those, he says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Now, we talked about last week that work is what? To provoke the nation of Israel to jealousy, to start acting like the gentiles and come to God the same way the gentiles do because they are on the same plane as the gentiles now. They no longer have that status. I'm sorry. I didn't know it was acting like the gentiles. Huh? Acting like the gentiles? As far as coming to God that way, yeah. That they no longer have that position that they're that they're God's chosen people. They're not God's chosen people. No. They're now just like gentiles. In fact, they're going to be put together and we'll see this here in a minute. <clears throat> um So then when you come down through here, that's what he's dealing with. So they no longer have that position. And what's the very first thing that Paul does? Notice in verse eight, and when they had gone through the isle of uh, unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, right? So make sure we pay attention to that, whose name is Bar-Jesus, which was the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man, uh, who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. So you've got this Gentile who is a prudent man. He calls for Barnabas and Saul and says, I desire to hear the word of God. But you've also got this Jew, um, Bar-Jesus. Notice in verse 8, But Elimaeus the sorcerer, for so is his name uh, by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. So, the faith there is that body of doctrine that has been given to Paul and what, the, what, this, what this false prophet, the Jew bar Jesus, who's, who's also Elimaeus the sorcerer, what he's trying to do is he's trying to prevent them from teaching this doctrine to a Gentile. All right, so that's what's going on. Um, notice in verse 9, Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him, and said, O fool of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? All right? Now, you're talking about <laughs> having a conversation with somebody that won't believe what you're saying. You say that to them and, and see how they how they react, right? You know, <laughs> Don't go doing that, but, yeah, if you want to really get a fight going, say, well, um, you're basically a worker of the devil. So, um, but notice what happens. And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to him to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, or believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. And he goes on down through there. So what happens? You've got Barnabas and Saul, who also is called Paul, by the way. Um, they come up to this 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 Gentile. asking him, Sergius Paulus asks, says, "I want you all to come and preach to me some. some I want to hear the word of God." And you've got this false prophet a jew is trying to prevent it from happening and so what is what does paul do he says you're now blind so he blinds the jew notice for a season not forever right so the issue that we have to keep in mind as we're going through specifically dealing with romans chapter 11 is god's not done with what he's going to do with the nation of israel that you know God's going to get back to do what he's promised to them because he's promised it to them, right? He's not going to go back on his promise. Uh, otherwise, we can't trust him for anything that he's promised to us, right? We know that he will because the book says so. And so then what we have here is, is Paul, the very first thing Paul does is he blinds a Jew, salvation goes to a Gentile. That's Romans 11, 11 12, 13, and verse 25, Right? that the blindness of Israel is in, uh, in part, right? Again, we talked about last week, um, if you've got all the nation of Israel, and inside that nation of Israel, you have the little flock, was everybody blinded, even the little flock? No. So when he says that Israel is blinded in part, he's talking about those, it's unbelieving Israel. That's what he's talking about, not the little flock. Now, what's really interesting is that doesn't prevent Paul from having to teach them, right? So, real quick, um, get Acts chapter 15 and then Galatians chapter 2. All right, so Acts chapter 15 and Galatians chapter 2. So, this kind of gives us an idea of what's going on Um with Paul's Acts Ministry so we can kind of get an idea of, of of what's 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 happening there. So Acts chapter fifteen and Galatians chapter two. Notice in Galatians chapter two. <clears throat> um Also grab 2 Corinthians chapter 12. So we've got Acts 15, 2 Corinthians 12, and Acts chapter, uh, Galatians chapter 2. All right. And if you need uh, uh, bookmarks, I think, I'm sorry, Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 12. Yeah. Uh, so Acts 15, Galatians 2, and 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, one of the things that we know, um, hopefully, is that Jews require a sign, right? And the fact that Paul and those folks in in Corinth that were speaking in tongues—it was a sign to unbelieving Israel, right—to let them know that what you all used to have is now out here in the w- with the Gentiles, apart from you going to the Gentiles and doing what you're supposed to do, which is a which is a complete thing to say, God's doing something different. They have to know that. They have to realize that. And in, in chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 11, notice. <clears throat> Paul says, I am become a fool and glorying. Ye have compelled me, for ought to have been commended of you, for a nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. True that the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. For what is it wherein ye were inferior to other churches, except it be that I myself was not burdensome to you? uh, Forgive me this wrong. Now, what's he dealing with there? He's saying, I should have been commended of you all. You all should know who I am. You should be able to tell other people, hey, here's my apostle. He says... I wrought the works of an apostle in front of you. I'm not one of the 12 because I didn't qualify because I wasn't with Christ from the time he was baptized until he was taken up. But I am an apostle, and you all saw that I performed signs and wonders. So one reason that Paul was doing signs and wonders is to provoke the nation of Israel to jealousy. The other one is is to show everybody I'm an apostle. I may not be one of the 12, I'm not the replacement for Judas because Matthias absolutely was the one. I'm a different apostle with a different message to a different group of people. And they should be able to know that. Well, here's where it comes down to. Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, verse 1. Then, 14 years after, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. All right, so where this puts us is Acts 15, okay? Verse 2, I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles. All right, so if you stop there for a second. He says, I communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles. So stop there for a second. Did Paul go up to, to Jerusalem to talk to Peter and the 12 or Peter and the 11 and say, hey guys, have I, got this, if I, have I got this gospel right? No, he wasn't going up there to find out if I'm, if I'm doing the things right. He's saying, I'm going to go up there and I communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles by revelation, by revelation right there. Notice, go back to verse uh, chapter 1. Um, verse 11. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel, isn't that the same gospel he's talking about in chapter 2? Yes. That the gospel which, I, which was preached of me is not after man. Nobody came up with this. Somebody He didn't come up with this. John Nelson Darby didn't come up with it. Cornelius Stamm didn't come up with it. Um, I got all kinds of names. But that's not the thing. It's not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it. But by the revelation of Jesus Christ, who is it that won? Who is it that is the person who taught Paul this gospel? Jesus Christ. So do you think he knows what he's doing? So then when he goes up to Jerusalem and says, guys, I want to tell you this, this gospel. By the way, this is the gospel that you all don't know about because you it was revealed to me. And it's not that, you know, there, there's, there's ways that people go around this stuff. One is they don't have a King James Bible, so that's going to throw off something we're going to look at in a minute. So that's one issue. But the other one is, is yeah, there is one gospel in the Bible. Well, there can't be. There can't be. How many of you all, so uh, Renee and Christina, they're going up to the ark. Um, How many of you all built an ark for salvation? Anybody? No? Isn't that the gospel that God gave to Noah? Build the ark. That's what he was asked to do. Um, How many of you all have have not eaten a grape? Because God said, don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Anybody? No. So then when you think about this stuff, that's, There has to be different things throughout Scriptures because it says it right here. Here's this gospel, chapter 2, verse verse 2. And I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. What's he saying is I had to go and tell the people, Peter and the 11, I went to them so that they knew so it's not like a hearsay type thing, right? Well, we think Paul's doing this. I want you to know this is what I'm preaching. Because I don't want to run in vain. I don't want this to be worthless. I don't want this to be empty. He says, verse, verse 3, but, ne- but neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And that because of false brethren unawares brought in, who came in privately to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. Now, we stop there for just a second. <clears throat> so, when we look at this, and, and we're going to look at that a little bit more here in just a second. Um, you've got the church here at Galatia, right? Um, in that church in Galatia, of Galatia you have unaware people. All right? You have people who are unaware of what's being taught in their church. You have people who are unaware of the right gospel in the church. And what do those unaware people do? Those unaware people bring in false brethren. All right? So you have a false brethren out here that this unaware person says, Hey, I like listening to this guy. We should bring him into the church in Galatia and have him teach. So you've got an unaware person that doesn't know what's being taught or what the other person teaches, likes this guy and says, hey, let's bring him in and have him preach in Galatia. And what happens? Creates a mess. So that's what he's looking at there. And that because of false brethren that unawares brought in, what happened? They came in to spy on our liberty. Uh, which we have in Christ Jesus, that we that they might bring us into bondage. All right, so hold your place there. We'll come back go over to Acts 15. So if Paul is preaching a gospel and then he goes up to Jerusalem and says, here's the gospel that I'm preaching. If it's the same as what they're preaching, then there's no problem, right? Well, Acts chapter 15. That's the event. About mm-hmm. yeah. So Acts chapter 15, verse 1. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. Is that what Paul's gospel is? Is that what the folks in Galatia knew what Paul's gospel was? Doesn't Paul say at the very beginning of Galatians, I marvel, are you so foolish having begun in the spirit that you're made perfect in the flesh? He says at the very beginning of chapter one, he says, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him. Somebody came in and said, you cannot be saved unless you've been circumcised after the manner of Moses. (coughs) They're saying, you have to go through us and that middle wall partition of circumcision and you have to be baptized. Then you have to start following all the laws that we did. Is that what Paul was preaching to the folks at Galatia? The answer is no. So notice, verse 2. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them. <laughs> Could you imagine Paul on Facebook or anything like that today? Could you imagine? Like, No, no, he would have been, he would like destroy people on there. You look at this. What's his, What's it say? Had no small dissension and disputation. Like, yeah, it wasn't. Okay. A, it wasn't a simple. It was. was it was deal. like, you know, let's agree to disagree. Like he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Notice. Um, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them, which you know, over in over in Galatians, we find out who was another person that was with them was who, Titus, right? Because yeah. we see that Titus chose not to be circumcised. So then he's showing them, here's, here's how you're supposed to react to this. Notice, and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. So by revelation, what's he do? He goes up to Jerusalem and he talks to them about that. So notice, back over in Galatians chapter two. So you've got people, false brethren, they show up. And the folks in Galatia that don't know any better, they're saying, Hey, I really like this guy. We should bring him in. And that guy comes in and says, What? If you've not been circumcised after the manner of Moses, then you can't be saved. It's kind of like that still happens today, almost. It does happen today, doesn't it? Um, so you have people that don't know enough yet are just out there searching for stuff and they bring stuff in, right? They're like, hey, you should listen to this guy. He's awesome. Have him come up. And they did. And what was the result? They came in privately to spy out their li- our liberty, verse 4, which we have in Christ Jesus. That, here's the purpose. Here's the purpose for the false brethren being brought in is that they might bring us into bondage. Well, they're already free. That's the point that we, a lot of times we don't talk about. The folks in Galatia, they're free. And what are these guys doing? They show up to do what? To purposely bring them into bondage. Notice in verse 5. <clears throat> to whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour. So they show up. What happens? Paul says, you're not allowed to teach here. I'm not even going to give it. I'm not even going to give you an hour to come here. need to leave, right? That, here's the purpose. Why would he not give them place that the truth of the gospel might continue in you? That's the purpose of it, right? But of these who seem to be somewhat, whatsoever they were, it maketh no matter to me. God accepteth no man's person. For they who seem to be somewhat in conference, notice, Added nothing to me. What's that mean? When Paul goes up at the Council of Jerusalem in Acts 15, everything that Peter and the 11 knew, Paul already knew. He says, They added nothing to me. There was no new information that they were able to teach me that I didn't already know. All right? Verse 7. But contrarywise, <laughs> what's that mean? But contrarywise, on the other hand, when they saw, now you got to think about this. If they added nothing to him, but when they saw that the gospel, of the uncircumcision was committed unto me, what's that mean? That means they didn't add to me, but I added to what they didn't know. Big difference. Notice, but when, but contrariwise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me, as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter, for he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. All right, so. We're gonna get to to something here in a minute, which is I think is really really interesting along with all this stuff. Um, notice. And when, verse nine, and when James, Cephas, and John, who seem to be pillars, now you know, when you look up when you look up at verse verse six and it says, but of these who seem to be somewhat. And then in verse 9, he says, these who seem to be pillars, you know who he's talking about in verse 6, right? Peter, James, and John. Notice, when they, what, perceived the grace that was given unto me. Now, that, that the grace there is not just the fact that God showed Paul grace. He's talking about the doctrine of grace. He's talking about the faith. When we looked at it a little bit ago the faith that he was talking about there right when they perce- uh, when when they perceived the grace that was given unto me they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship right stop there real quick go over to Matthew 18 hold your place there we're coming back Matthew 18 <clears throat> And there's other verses we can go through to get this, but I want us to be able to see this. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. All right. So, Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, how many witnesses, two or three, okay, keep that in mind. How many did Paul just mention in Galatians chapter six, verse nine, Peter, James, and John, three, okay, so notice what's going on here that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established now he's talking about the 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 issue with with forgiveness there, but I want you to notice keep on going. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. Now keep that in mind too. If they reject it, what are they? Heathen and a publican. Notice in verse 18. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And again, I say unto you that, if two, uh, that if, if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done to them of my Father which is in heaven. Now, stop and think about what's going on. He says, <clears throat> whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven if you have two or three witnesses. At least two, three, Right? so think about what's going on here peter james and john gives to paul and barnabas the right hands of fellowship and we're going to get to what they what they what their what their issue is going to be what do they bind themselves to and what do they loose themselves from okay so notice what's going on he peter is actually using you know when christ gives him the keys of the kingdom and then he gives them this same thing. Whatever you buy on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Notice, go back to Galatians chapter 2, because this is why this stuff's important. When we look at this, we already know that Paul has what? The gospel of the uncircumcision, right? Peter has the what? The gospel of the circumcision. Now, like I said earlier, if you've got a new Bible, it's easy to, to, to toss this out because they changed the word of to two. So then you've got the gospel to the circumcision and the gospel to the uncircumcision. Same message, two different people. But the King James says what? There is a gospel of the circumcision and a gospel of the circumcision. Two different messages Two different groups of people. That verse right there in Galatians 2 is it. But notice, verse 9, chapter 2, verse 9, Galatians 2, 9. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship, that we should go unto the heathen. Now, who was just told that was going to be a heathen? Back in Matthew 18. The one that, that's brought before the people and they say, no, that's not true. And then they say, we'll take them to the church. If they don't believe the church, then they're called what? Heathen and a publican. So when you look at this, he says that we should go, that, that we should go to the heathen and they under the circumcision. What, what God's doing right there is who is now the heathen? All that unbelieving Israel and the Gentiles. They've all been put on the same playing field now. Right? And the way that they do that, what does Peter, James, and do... Peter, James, and Paul... My bad. What's Peter, James, and... John. John thank you. <laughs> what do they do? Right hand of fellowship. They bind themselves to re- regulate their ministry to the circumcision... Paul and Barnabas go to the heathen. They're all the same now. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they have already, but the majority of their preaching so far, and we're going to look at this the majority of their preaching so far is what we just read back in, in, in Acts 13. He starts off and he goes into the synagogues and preaching to them about, I just blinded a Jew. Because there's this new information that's a mystery that's never been revealed before that God is going to blind the nation of Israel and you're now just like these people down here. In fact, they're all heathen now. We're just like the unbelieving Israel now. We're all heathen. What did uh, did, uh, James, Peter, and John continue to preach? The gospel to the little flock, letting them know also what he's going to have to tell them is what? Hey guys, the kingdom's not coming yet because God's doing something different and if you want to find out what it is, you got to go read Paul's epistles. Was that a, a faith, uh, a grace by faith gospel, or was there works involved in that? Gospel? In theirs? Yeah. Well, they were already part of that little flock by by believing Christ was was the Son of God, yeah. Um. And you know, you go through when when Peter, James, and John the twelve or the eleven and all those, when they're going out and they're preaching to the nation of Israel in Acts two and three and seven, all up until that time, what are they preaching? They're preaching the kingdom is at hand. In fact, kingdom is being offered. Come in. Get ready. Um, they reject it. They reject it by stoning Stephen. Which you go back, one of the, you know. People always, always talk about the unpardonable sin. Well, when you go back, Christ says, if you blaspheme me, it'll be forgiven. But if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, it won't be forgiven in this life or the next one. Those people couldn't be saved after Acts 7 by their gospel. It's not possible. They blasphemed the Holy Ghost by the stone and Stephen. Under, his, under their message, they couldn't have been saved. Saul was part of it. Paul, how did he get saved? Christ shows up to him. It's a special revelation. It's an unprophesied event where Christ shows up. It was never prophesied that he would show up on the road to Damascus to talk to Paul. Never happened you, can, you go through all Old Testament scriptures, you're never going to find where, where it says that Christ is going to appear before us all. Nowhere. So then you got to think, okay, there's something different here. There's something special there. Well, what it comes down to, notice here, what is it that they release? Well, let's do it this way. What is it that Peter, James, and John bind themselves to? We're going to go deal with the, the circumcision, little flock. What do they loose themselves from? Now, this is the important thing. In order for the Great Commission to be fulfilled, these people are going to go preach to the Gentiles after the tribulation period, during the thousand-year reign. The Great Commission can't be fulfilled until then anyway, so what do they do here is they loose themselves from that Great Commission. They bind themselves to their ministry to these folks, and they loose themselves from the great commission, because they can no longer do it because and of course they don't know how long the dispensation of grace is going to last, nobody does. Right. So when we come down through here, notice what it says <clears throat> in verse verse nine at the end, he says that we should go unto the heathen, and they under the circumcision, only they would only would only they would that we should remember the poor, the same which I also was forward to do. So what happens is they say, well, you've got a whole bunch of poor people up here because they gave everything away because they were following what Christ said. They gave everything away. And what's Paul do? He takes up a special offering everywhere he goes and sends it back to them. Because that was part of, that was their part of their agreement. He says, only thing I ask is remember the poor. These people sold everything because they were getting ready to go to that kingdom. The rest of the people said, we will not have this man reign over us. We're going to put him on a cross. And then you're going to have somebody come and tell me that I'm I'm the one that made, that made, well, you said, let, let his blood be upon us. So that's, that's on you. So it's what happens. Part of Paul's ministry is not only taking and showing that these signs and miracles and wonders that were Israel only are happening out here with the heathen and the Gentiles. That was part of his, his Acts ministry, but also as what. Go back, go back to Acts chapter 17. <clears throat> um, notice in Acts chapter 17. So this is after Acts chapter 15, obviously, right? Because 15 comes before 17, so that makes sense. Notice Acts chapter 17. Now, when they had passed through Am- Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where it was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them. Now, didn't he just say, I'm going to go to the heathen? So why is he going to a synagogue of the Jews? Because that's where the heathen are. So then everybody gets caught up in, and there's there's, there's a lot of folks that get caught up in, it's like, Well, Paul went to the Jews first. Well, they're all heathen. And that's just a misunderstanding of Romans chapter 1 is really the issue there. So then when you start looking at this stuff, where did he go? What's really interesting, you keep on going. As his manner was, went in unto them. So where does he go? He goes to the church people. People that's been brought up, and they know Scripture. Then you find out over in chapter 1 verse 18, or chapter 17 verse 18, Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him. There you've got unchurched people, people that don't know the Old Testament Scriptures. And he starts talking about them. What's he bring up? God that made the world and all things. So he doesn't have to start off with talking about who God is with the the church people because they know. But he goes to the unchurched people and he has to start there, right? So that's why we talked about doing those things that we we were talking about, about going back to the basics. Um, Real quick, go over to... Go over to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Man... This time goes by way too quickly. So obviously we're not going to get finished with this today, so we'll have to finish it up next week. But you didn't know that. Uh, Romans chapter 15, uh, verse 14. And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God. Now again, that's the doctrine. That's the body of doctrine that he gave to Paul. It's not just the fact that he found grace like Noah did. And it's not like when, when Christ comes up and he says that by him is, is grace and truth. That's not the same thing. This is the This is the body of doctrine that was given to him. How do we know? That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the who? Chit- has to be the dispensation of grace, that information that was given to him. Notice, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. For I will dare not to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. Through what? "...mighty signs and wonders, how? By the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea, so I have strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see." They shall not have heard uh, and they that have not heard shall understand for which cause I, uh, also I have been much hindered from coming to you and he goes on down through there. so what's he saying through mighty signs and, and wonders how I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going about doing these things in my own power I'm doing them by what? power of the Spirit of God. why? Because it's his ministry that he's working through Paul to do this to show Israel. Again, we talked about it last week, and I'm not sure how to, how to put this the best way. I guess it would be, you know, when when Jesus Christ is talking to the Syrophoenician woman, and she says, "Well, I just want the crumbs that come off the children's table," um, and then you've got all these miracles and signs and wonders out here by Gentiles, and you look at what the folks in Corinth were doing with those. I'd get upset too, you know. You know, you have. You, this kind of reminds me of something. I had this really nice truck when I was young and I, I gave it away and then it was beat up and, and, and bruised and all that stuff. And I was like, man, I, I, should have stayed. I should have kept that so it wouldn't get beat up and bruised. And that's kind of what the, what the nation of Israel, they're looking out there and they're seeing all this stuff and they're misusing those signs and the wonders in Corinth. And they're like, why would? It? But now, unbelieving Israel is down on the floor with the Gentiles eating the crumbs off the table. If you think about it, that's kind of what's going on. And what Paul's doing is he's saying, the reason I'm going out here is to validate my ministry. Remember, that was the thing, right? What's the purpose of of miracles is to validate the message and validate the messenger. So then those also have to go along with Scripture and, and, and we've looked at some of those too. Now, real quick, just to introduce it, go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because this is... This is the next thing that you have to talk about because we understand now what Paul was doing, his twofold aspect of his ministry in the book of Acts, um, and then what comes out of that. But then the question is always, well, what about spiritual gifts? Can we perform spiritual gifts? Um, Should we perform spiritual gifts? Uh, Is it possible for us to be able to? And if so, how do we do it? Right? Right? So you notice here because this is always a really good and it's a fantastic question, a bunch of them there um first Corinthians chapter twelve, verse one. does Paul write the book of First Corinthians? Yes, does Paul write the first book of First Corinthians to us as members of the body of Christ? yeah, so then, if he's telling us about spiritual gifts, then why don't we or why should we see them right? So we'll look at that. Next week, but notice in chapter twelve, verse one. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, and it's so so you kind of see there there's a group, there's a group of people at a at a at a house church that sends Paul a letter and says, This is some of the stuff that's going on. We've got questions. So Paul's writing the back, and then he's he's getting to the question about spiritual gifts. All right. What should we do about spiritual gifts? Now Paul says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant that ye know. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you a, to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And he starts going through dealing with some of those those gifts, all right? So that's, that brings up the question, well, Paul did them. The folks in Corinth did them because we can read and we're going to see that. Um, Is there a time when those things stopped? And if so, can we figure out when that time was? Mm -hmm. Or if it's not stopped, can we do it today? Can we go over to Frankfurt Hospital right across the street and go heal the sick? All right. Should we be able to? Well, those are some of those questions because... That's one of the things that we need because it's there, so we've got to deal with it, right? Uh, and it's not going to be, well, you know, we'll just we'll just say no and move on. We want to know why, right? We want to be able to say we know that these things are going on. We know that these things aren't going on. Here's why, and here's why. Okay. Um, so I just kind of bring that up as as a teaser, I guess, if you will, for for next week because we'll pick back up with those spiritual gifts, what's going on, and and. Uh, are they still going on? And if so, let's go do them type stuff. And if not, why not? Okay. Questions?